Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H-E-L-P. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Today's episode is generously supported by Yumiko. 2019 has arrived, which means it's time for New Year's resolutions, new episodes of Conversations on Dance, but most importantly, brand new colors and options from our amazing sponsor, Yumiko. Yumiko is the dance world's leader in high-quality, customizable dancewear. And with their new colors and options that they just launched, there are even more ways to be uniquely you in the studio. Check out all of their new options on their website, yumiko.com. And while you are there, check out their new group discount, which offers you 10% off and free shipping on all orders of 10 pieces or more. Order now at yumiko.com. This episode is brought to you by San Francisco Ballet. I'm Rebecca King Ferraro. And I'm Michael Breeden. And you're listening to Conversations on Dance. This week on Conversations on Dance, we are joined by San Francisco ballet dancer Madison Kiesler. Madison began her professional career at age 17 and soon found herself learning some of the most coveted roles in the repertoire. In addition to her time in San Francisco, she has danced extensively in Europe with the English National Ballet and Hamburg Ballet. We talked to Madison about why being able to take risks has been the driving force behind her career and how it has shaped the dancer she is today. Thank you for joining us. It's so great to see you and be here with you in San Francisco. Thank you. It's nice to be here. (laughs) So we just want to start at the beginning and have you tell us a little bit about how you initially got interested in dance. Um, I guess I was about six years old and I was doing tennis and violin and then different types of dance as well. Um, I think when I was about eight, my mom got tired of having to drive me around to everything all the time. So she asked if you had to do one, what would you pick? And I happened to pick ballet. Um, So that's kind of how I got into it. My mom also did dance a bit. So I remember seeing her dancing and that probably had a bit of an influence too. Uh Yeah, yeah. Would you say that was uh, you were determined at that age or it was sort of just a whim that worked out well? (laughs) You know, I was strangely determined. Uh Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I remember wanting to 
just be better and better and had started to go. I started at a more recreational school and then went to a bit more of a professional school and they kind of overlapped. And I remember being bossy and trying to tell everyone like, well, at my other school, this is I how know how this works. <laughs> yeah. I was a very bossy six year old. <laughs> <laughs> so you started um, your initial training at a Vaganova school. And at the age of 10, you moved, moved to Carlisle, Pennsylvania and went to CPYB. Um, did that just happen that your parents moved there and you just ended up in this hub of ballet or did you kind of, did your family sort of have the eye on that? My family was in a bit of a transition period. My parents were actually getting divorced at the time. And so my dad was moving, well, we were all kind of moving to Florida, uh -huh. but actually Miami. Mm -hmm. So at the time, Miami City Ballet didn't have a very good program for kids around the age of 10. Still really early in that yeah. school yeah. process. I mean, yeah. The school is now only just now 25 years old. Right. So, so it must have. And I think it started with the higher levels. Right. I don't think there were really the babies right. at that time. Yeah. So I think that was the main issue was mm -hmm. there just wasn't gonna, much around. Yeah. Right. Um, and then, you know, my mom basically said, if you wanted to try something else, if you wanted to do this, we can move. And, you know, I'm very, very grateful for that. I don't take that for granted at all. Yeah. Um, I happen to be at the Washington, um, DC Kirov summer program at the time and had heard a lot about central Pennsylvania youth ballet. So one weekend we just drove down and checked it out and they were really tough. Um, but I just loved it. And yeah, yeah. We, my mom kind of said, you know, why don't we just try it and see yeah. how it goes? We were thinking maybe we'd only stay for two years or so until uh -huh. the programs in Miami figured themselves out. But I ended up staying at CPYB for six years. Wow. Yeah. So at that young age, were you able to identify that this was a completely different um, uh, style than you had seen before? So going from Vaganova to very Balanchine at CPYB. Yeah, there was definitely, I don't know if I was as aware at 10 of the style, but I knew there I was missing a lot. Right. So I was in a class with much younger people mm -hmm. than I was previously. And all of a sudden they kind of took me back a few levels and they took me off point and I'd already been on oh, point. Uh -huh. And as a 10 year old, oh that's, you know, it's huge. And you're like, well, what am I Why? not good enough? And right. I'm again, grateful to my parents that they're able <laughs> to kind of explain this is so that in the long run you'll be better. And um, it was a good kind of learning process that sometimes you have to take a step back in order to go forward. Right. Yeah, yeah absolutely. What was your time like at CPYB? Good, but hard. Yeah. It's a tough training environment, but it's also trained some of the most amazing dancers. Right. And I think what I love about Marcia Del Weary, who is the director there, I love about her whole process is that she will take anyone. It's not just the people who have the perfect bodies right. or who are built for ballet. I think a lot of times you see a CPYB dancer and that's kind of what you see is you see the passion that they have for the dance and not just some body on the stage it's doing technique. Yeah. 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 And it, that's very, that's it too. So, it's, that's so Marcia. It's just that she can change anyone based on how, on how, what you put in. Yeah. It's so without about a doubt. The, the individual. Yeah. It's very much also a focus on the training is that um, determination and focus that you have mm. uh, within the studio and within your work. So mm. yeah. such an important life lesson yeah. in everything, but especially then in your career as a ballet dancer to learn that work ethic. Yeah. Definitely. So at what point did you become sort of uh, interested in San Francisco ballet? You, you went to several other summer course programs. Um, 
But was that always kind of your goal company? Is that why you set out here? Um, I definitely always looked up to San Francisco Ballet. I think I knew from CPYB that there were a couple principals, Tina LeBlanc and Sherry LeBlanc and, uh, yeah. um, you know, lots of different CPYB dancers who then had gone to San Francisco Ballet, Vanessa Zahorian. So we mm-hmm. looked up to all of those dancers growing right. up. Put it on your radar. Yeah. Um, and I don't remember. I just was always interested in San Francisco Ballet and I always was interested in California and um, started going to some programs when I was quite young. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So ultimately, what was it that that made you uh, leave CPYB to come out here? When, when did you know it was the right time to leave the nest? Well, I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> um, I got accepted into the trainee program when I was 15 here. Um, and I went back and was so excited and told my mom. And she said, okay, well, I don't think you should take it yet. Mom, no. And, yeah, and I was devastated. And I, of you know, of course, was mad and I didn't understand. Right. But in the long run, she was so right. Yeah. I ended up then going back to CPYB, having one more year there. Um, I got to do uh, full-length Sleeping Beauty with the school, which was a great experience as a 16-year-old to yeah. do a full-length. Yeah. Um, and I did get much stronger than that last year. And then I came back to the summer program again, and I didn't get the traineeship, which, of course, at that time, you're like, did I make a mistake? Right. What happened? What happened? Yeah. Um, but I did get accepted into level eight. And so I took that and came out here when I was 16 and started in level eight. And then you joined the company after that? After that, I actually um, did get an apprenticeship offer kind of unofficially. Um, but I also, at the time, it was an offer to join Hamburg Ballet's school because mm-hmm. we were working with John Neumeyer for Yondering, um, which was the company's, San Francisco Ballet's 75th anniversary year. Mm-hmm. And so the school got to perform Yondering with the company and at their gala, and it was very exciting. Um, and I kind of decided that I needed more training. I wanted something different. And I was always curious about Europe. Uh I, again, not being um, perfect ballet body, I was always more drawn to the emotions and the artistry and the storytelling. And I had always been told that that really thrived more in Europe. Mm -hmm. Um, So when this opportunity came that I could go to Germany and experience something different, I didn't want to pass it up. So yeah. went to Hamburg, ended up uh, getting into the company, mm-hmm. which was great. Right. Um, so ended up going to Hamburg as an apprentice when I was 17. And were you there for two years or just one? Just one. Just one. Just one. Uh, you're 17 is so young. You went by yourself or? I did. I mean, my mom helped me move out. Uh-huh. <laughs> but right, right. yeah. It was what was lot. that like? Was that, I mean, that would be terrifying to me because not only is it away from home very far, but also there's culture barrier. There's a language barrier. As what was German. that like? Not, Not good. good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's all I got. None. <laughs> but um, so so it was only a year. So it was a short period of time. But uh, what did you take from that experience? Was it? it did you? I mean, one might look at it as a year and be like, oh, maybe it looks like a a bad a blip. But did you no, you feel like you uh you you got uh, something positive out of it before moving on? Yeah, I definitely feel like it was a positive thing. I think I was very young. Um, I probably, if I had gone to the school first and then maybe the company, who knows, maybe I would have transitioned easier and I would still be there. But 
things happen however they happen. Um, so it was a great year and I adore John Neumeyer's work. Mm -hmm. So that was really my main pull to go there was to experience his rep and his company. Um, and I learned a lot about what is possible with what we say with the art form. Um, Americans and most, a lot of American companies have a beautiful type of strong physicality and musicality. And, um, I adore that too. And even more so now than I did, but I also appreciate the really subtle storytelling aspects of a John Neumeyer ballet, something that slows down time and you have to be really present and lots of details and characterizations. And so I think I started looking at our art form as in dance in general, completely differently than I used to. Yeah. Right. And that's something you wouldn't have gotten if it weren't for exactly. And sorry. sorry. No, no. After no, you. I mean, this is a, maybe a sort of side note, uh, but it made me think that um, having ben Benjamin in here, he mm -hmm. said he did um, fancy free with you. Mm -hmm. So that seems like it, when you were, you know, you're talking about Neumeier, but that sort of idea definitely um, permeates Robbins as well. So do you feel like that was the, those experiences you had in Germany um, helped you here? I think so. Definitely. I think I've always had a more natural inclination to the acting type roles, but I've learned a lot from being in other places about how to portray things more kind of the different types of preparations that mm -hmm. dancers will take. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So how did it come about that you decided to return to San Francisco and get a job here? So I, yeah, I mean, it was all quite fast. So I, I just kind of missed home to be yeah. honest. Mm -hmm. And it was a lot of personal things with the family that were happening. And I just, it wasn't the right time for me to be away. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, and that was hard because I was loving Hamburg Ballet so much mm -hmm. and John Neumeier was being very gracious with the opportunities he was giving me. And I had a conversation with him and then ended up having a conversation with Helgi and I didn't actually audition. I yeah. just, Helgi took me back because he remembered me from the school. Uh -huh. yeah. um, so that was, I think I was just very lucky to be in the right places at the right mm -hmm. time and be able to communicate what was really happening mm -hmm. and leave in a good way right. and then come back in a good way to here to San Francisco Ballet. Right. And did you join as a core member or apprentice? I joined as an apprentice and then a month later was a core. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. So, so kind of both. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. I mean, that's a, uh, that's a rare gift in life to, uh, to be able to leave someplace uh, still in their good graces. Yeah. <laughs> so, you, and that's important that speaks to do. To, I think your character as a person. So it's, a, it's amazing that even at a young age, you rec would recognize the importance of that. I feel like when we're young, yeah. sometimes we're just like, burn it down. Right. <laughs> right. It on. Yeah. Right. Like, why do I need to? It's the battle right. world's so small. It's yeah. so important. And I think that definitely came from my parents is instill that, you know, kind of respect for the industry and right. that, you know, it's a very small world. And I do have respect for John Neumar and for Helgi. And it was never really a, about a negative right. thing with one or the other. It was just where my life mm -hmm. was kind of taking me. Like yeah. when you went to Hamburg, you probably didn't know, couldn't have imagined that right now you'd be here with San Francisco Ballet no. still. So. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, and then I've, this is actually my Second time coming yeah. back. Yeah, we were just gonna, yeah, we're gonna get there. I do um, want to talk quickly though about in your first year when you were um, when Helgi offered you a job and you mm -hmm. came as a core member. You learned the rule of Juliet and you danced with um, the company mainstay 
Juan Boada. Um, what was this experience like for you at such a young age? It was amazing. It was a very last minute type of thing. Um, so the dancer that Joan Boada was meant to dance with had hurt her neck and they weren't sure if she was going to come back. And I want to say there was maybe about two weeks before her show at this point or maybe even just a week. And I remember I was coming to ask Helgi if he needed me to do one part or the other because I needed character shoes or point shoes. So I had one character shoe in my hand and one point shoe. And it's like, oh, do you want me to do this role or this role today? And he kind of looks at me strangely. <laughs> I want you to do Juliet. <laughs> and that's what he said. <laughs> he was like, actually, I need you to uh, learn Juliet. And I thought he was kidding. Uh-huh. I just laughed. Right. He's like, uh, Joan Boada and Ricardo Bustamante, who's our ballet master, they're across the street now and they're waiting. Oh, and I just kind of said, wait, really? <laughs> yes. His, his very straight face. Uh, like, okay. okay. <laughs> I'm going. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Did you freak out or were oh, you excited? I freaked or out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Freaked out. Uh, yeah. So I ran across the street. And um, yeah, it, it was a great, you know, it ended up just being a couple days, really. And I learned the whole ballet because obviously if you get an opportunity like that you're going to go home and spend however many hours you need to to learn every single step by right. yourself <laughs> absolutely so did you end up performing it or I just did learning not. it no so the dancer ended up coming back from her injury and it you know wouldn't have been right if I had right. done it and um but even just having those rehearsals and a little bit of you know a week of work still on the role was yeah. amazing yeah, yeah. and of great skills that you developed during that time was to like go home and work under pressure like that and uh, learn all the steps on your own, those sorts of That's things. True. Sometimes some of those memories, it's like you, you feel like you performed it. Yeah. Yeah. Cause there were some rehearsals. We talk about that sometimes. If yeah. you get thrown into a rehearsal, it feels like you're like, Oh, that one time I performed it I did, right. I in did, your mind. I, yeah, did fancy, exactly. I did fancy free pa one time yeah. in the front of the room and I knew that it was probably the only time. And I was like, okay, it's my show mm-hmm. yeah. and I can feel the lights and I'm doing this and I'm in this moment. Yeah. 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 It's, it's fun. So you've already, you've been with Hamburg Valley. You came back to San Francisco. What made you after a while want to seek something else, which um, led you to English national ballet? Yeah, so I've moved around a lot. <laughs> I think I'm a very a person that naturally has a lot of questions and a lot of doubts. And you only have so long as a dancer. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Gotta answer them. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I think I was very happy uh, with everything in San Francisco Ballet and had some good learning opportunities, uh, but I just didn't feel adequate. To be honest, I didn't feel like I was strong enough to handle the roles that I was seeking. Mm-hmm. And I knew myself that I had a lot of things to improve on technically and as well as just um, emotionally and mentally within um, a consistency of confidence and things like that so that the work could be at a consistent level. And I expressed these things to Helgi saying, you know, I'm very, very grateful for everything I have here. And this is a terrifying thing for me to admit, but I think I need to go elsewhere in order to fix some of my things that I want to improve. Um, And he was very gracious with that. Mm and I, yeah, I can't believe I, I knew at the time I had to kind of make the decision thinking, okay, I probably will never be allowed back into San Francisco <laughs> Ballet. Well, yeah. that's what I was wondering. Did you make the decision thinking like, I'm going to go away, improve upon these things that I want to. And ultimately I want to return to San Francisco and then have like a new refreshed feeling. I definitely wanted it to be an option, mm-hmm. but I knew that that was probably not 
ever going to happen right. because of that's how it usually works in the ballet world. Sure. And um, who knows if there would be a, even a job available exactly, when you want to come back. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so it was really scary. And also, though, at the time I was had so many questions and I was even questioning if I still wanted to dance. So I think that was probably the biggest thing was like, I knew I wasn't in a good place and I needed to just get out of my bubble to figure out what is really wrong. Is okay. it that I am not loving ballet or is it that I need to, what, what is it? Right. So yeah, so that's when I did a couple auditions around and ended up joining English National Ballet. So what was that experience like? So that was also another uh, amazing experience and, and taught me a lot. Mm -hmm. um, the new director... Uh, she's not new anymore, but at the right. time she had only yeah. been there for a year, Tamara Rojo. Mm -hmm. And I was very excited about what she was doing and what she, her vision for the company and her goals. Um, she is a very strong woman. She is very clear with what she wants and what she likes and what she doesn't like. And I, I can appreciate that, that at least you know what you're going to get. Mm -hmm. um, the company schedule's very tough. I think in my second year we did about eight months of Swan Lake shows. Oh my God. Kind of nonstop hundreds of Swan Lake shows. So as a, as it's insane. A, exactly. Cause you guys tour a, yeah. a, a, all the time. Yeah. yeah. Oh, Cause yeah, I can't all just be. <gasps> yeah. So as a court of ballet dancer, that's really That's tough. just funny. Would you do every single show or yeah. the, there's. Because it's not a huge company. Right. So right. it's. There's not enough. It's, yeah. it's intense. And there's um, a lot. The touring is tough with the national tours. You're on a bus for, you know, five hours or so. And then. You're essentially just a touring Broadway show then at that point. Yeah. You're just doing the same Basically, show over and over. Yeah. 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 So wow. and, and each year's different. And that being said, the companies has to be very smart with the budget that they have. So mm -hmm. some years are more safe. Like they'll have a Swan right. Lake year. Right. <laughs> and then the next year we did Akron Khan's Giselle. Giselle. Yeah. Which was amazing. Yeah. Right. So there were definitely um, different types of challenges, right. which, you know, it ultimately strengthened me. Right. All right. We have just enough time to get back to back to SF. Back to SF. So, yeah. um, <laughs> back you come. So we've already kind of set this up that it seems unlikely this, in the story of Madison's life. Yeah. You know, she's in English National. But how do we get you back to San Francisco Ballet? You've <laughs> already you've already left from the school and then you come back and you leave again. <laughs> but somehow you end up back here uh, in this wonderful company. What was that? Um, what led to that? I, I feel that very, very lucky, first of all, that it was able to happen because, like I said, when I left kind of in a way the second time, I didn't think I would be able to come back. So I had had four amazing years with English National Ballet, learned a lot, and um, wanted to come back to the States. I'd lived abroad and experienced that, wanted to come back. So I did a few auditions and on a whim wrote to Helgi as well. And just thinking, well, I might as well give it a shot. Worst comes to worst, he's, he'll just say, say no. no. Yeah. yeah. And then, okay, at least I've tried. But I always knew that I do love San Francisco Ballet. And now that I felt in a better place. So yeah, I just sent off a letter, kept my fingers crossed. And um, he actually ended up giving me a call. And I remember picking wow. up the phone, like, I don't know this number. Who is this? I'm like, hello? It's Helgi Thomason. <gasps> oh, 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 hi. <laughs> you know, oh my and gosh. Um, him really just wanting to hear from me, which I really appreciate that he took the time to listen to what I was really thinking, what I had experienced. Mm -hmm. um, and I just expressed how 
I felt like I had grown and that now I could be more of an asset to the company and mm -hmm. be a stronger, more consistent dancer. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and he was always very happy with me before, but now I had more to offer, I felt. Mm -hmm. And um, he also wanted to make sure, because this is my ninth year working now, so right. he wanted to be clear that I would be hired as a court of ballet dancer and right. that there was very, very limited soloist roles. So I needed to be clear on if that's still what I wanted because right. I'd gotten to do some principal parts in England and, you know, he also didn't want me to regret coming back and right. then, right. <laughs> which I fully have not regretted that. And I knew come asking for the job back with San Francisco that that would be my place. Um, so it's been amazing to be back. And obviously, yeah. I mean, you just did Fancy Free, what, last month? Yeah. So, so he, it's not... Uh, no, no. <laughs> he said that. And then I have to say I'm so, so grateful with everything I've been cast for this mm -hmm. year and got to do some um, fairies and things in Sleeping Beauty and some really nice solace roles too. So yeah. I'm very, very grateful. Yeah. Well, thank you for sitting down to talk with us. I wish we could keep, talk keep it so going. So much longer. Yeah. <laughs> so great to but catch up with we you. We can't wait to see you this weekend in the Unbound Festival. And... Uh, Thanks again. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Thank you for tuning in this week. If you have not already, we invite you to subscribe to Conversations on Dance Now, wherever you get your podcasts. By subscribing, you will get a notification every Monday when a new episode goes live. This way, you won't miss a moment of the COD action. And if you like what you heard today, we invite you to rate us and review us on iTunes. Thank you for joining us, and we will see you next week. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.